Welcome to the How Writers Write podcast, a show focused on inspiring and empowering you to become a better writer. Come along as we deconstruct the tips, routines, and motivations of your favorite authors. In the end, it's all about getting your story onto the page. Welcome to episode 117. Now, Zoe Savak writes. Welcome, my friends, to a super fun, action-packed episode with debut novelist Zoe Savak. Zoe and I, we dive right into it. We chop up her journey to publishing this first novel, and we talk quite a bit on what motivates her to write. Why does she get up, keep putting pen to paper day after day after day? This was an episode, I mean, it was a blast to record. I thought about it long after we were finished, and I'm just so excited to bring it into the world and to share it with you. Before we get started, I want to say a very special thank you to Zoe. Thank you for sharing so much with me, and thank you for allowing me to publish this episode out into the world. And now, my friends, without any further ado, here we are, episode 117 with Zoe Savak. Welcome to the How Writers Write podcast. I am your host, Brian, and today's very special guest is Zoe Sivak. Zoe aims to restore diversity to historical narratives. In her writing, she explores famous male figures through the eyes, through the lens, I'm sorry, of the women beside them, women who could have existed even if history left them behind. I normally don't read bios straight from the bio kit, but that was so good. I was like, I'm just copying it, copy and paste. Anyways. Thank you. <laughs> so, I put thought into it. I won't lie. Yeah, I literally copy paste it. Anyways, um, Zoe's debut novel, Mademoiselle Revolution, was published on August 2nd, 2022. So just a couple of weeks ago from here. Congratulations on that. Thank you. When not engrossed in historical fiction, Zoe is pursuing both her JD and her Master's of Public Health in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with a focus on women's health. Zoe, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, the Your your book kind of topic and time frame is one of my favorite in history. So when I saw this, I was like, yes, French Revolution, let's go. Um, but before that, I, I've, I've, I've been really fortunate, been able to interview kind of throughout the past couple of years, a bunch of debut authors. And it's always so fun to talk to debut authors and one of my favorite questions, and this question I want to lead with you with, right. is, okay, so here you are, you're two weeks after your book mm-hmm. was published, it's in the world, you can hold it in your hands. Um, if you could go back to the very beginning of this whole process, where the first words are were, were going down on the page, right. and you could go back and you could tell yourself one thing that you know now that you didn't know then, what would you go back and tell yourself? Um, hmm. I... I'm, I'm going to be pretty honest with you. And I had yeah. uh, my, you know, one of my best friends was a published author for most of our friendship. Um, I am aware that I'm not going to use the word privilege because I think that has different connotations. Um, but it, I, I'm fortunate that my process and the, the, the timeline of my, of my success, which it, it does mm-hmm. feel like success at this point, yeah. I feel like yeah. I can kind of own that now. 
Um, I, there isn't really anything that I would, I would change. I, I got the agent that is perfect. I, I got the perfect deal and the perfect, you know, my editor, you know, at Berkeley at Random House is ideal. Um, you know, my journey, you know, it started, you know, as far as the artistry of it. Um, it was, I think the first book that I, I got right. It was the second book I'd ever written. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one um, got great reception. Um, but it, it, it should not and will not be published. Um, but it, it, it was what I will say, great vibes, like all great, just great vibes. The aesthetics <laughs> were great, language was great, but just like Zoe. So like plot, do you know her? So I, you know, but I think I got it right with this one. I mean, in terms of, you know, are the things in the book that I'd want to go back and change? That's of course, they're every, right. I don't know an author that, I mean, that's why you stop touching it. There's a point where you just stop because you read more and you learn more and you become a better writer. So you go back and you're just like, I could have done that better. Or ah, this is boring, this part, or, you know? So um, I no, there isn't really anything um, just more that uh, more that you'll, I would just reassure my, my, my mm. previous self that this isn't fruitless and that the, the, the feeling that you have um, is, is valid and, and justifiable. Yeah. Feel, what, and, and before we move on, like what you said, the feeling that you have is justifiable, the feeling that it is worth it, the feeling that like you should be doing this or deserve to be doing whatever the, like, how would you describe that? I, th- I think, and it's, it's true for everybody that everyone has their own reason why they write. And I mm-hmm. think there's kind of, there's two camps and I don't want to say that any one camp is better than the other, but I know a camp I'm in and, and you mm-hmm. know, it's a discussion of just like, you know, well, why do you write? You know, I write, some people will say, you know, I write regardless of if I ever got published or I'd write, you know, uh, regardless of if I knew I would be successful or that mm-hmm. other people would write it and pay for my work. You know, I write just for the love of it. Um, and then there's other folks and like me, and I don't write just for the fun of it. Um, there's lots of things that I do for fun that I don't try to commodify and, and send out into the world because, you know, I want to say something, right. I, I write because I want people to read it. Um, and, and if I knew that I couldn't be successful, that this journey wouldn't end with my book on a shelf and no, I wouldn't have written it. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And I know that, you know, maybe that's blasphemous for some folks, but like for me, <laughs> for me, I mean, and that's why I'm in the traditional publishing route, right? It's because I, I want people to read it. I, I'm not the in material I'm writing. I already know it. I, I know this information. I have the narrative in my head. I, I know these people and I know this message and I know that these feelings like, like no one else can. Um, but the reason that I write is because I think there's an inherent narcissism and, and egoism, yeah. right? right? Just like with any type of artistry, the point is like, look at me, <laughs> you know? And so the point is I want to share it because I think it is important. And I think that, you know, I'm piggybacking off of other magnificent men and women and everyone in between that, that came before um, on this kind of treadmill of human existence. And uh, I, I want to add myself to that, to that lexicon. So that's what I mean when I say I wanted to, you know, I would just go back and reassure it, basically say that you achieve what you want to achieve in, in the way that you wanted to achieve it. Mm. Um, so, yeah. How important, how important do you think it is to have that like question answered in your head before you get started on a specific project? I don't want to say in your writing journey, because the writing journey is spectacularly complex and winding right. and, and start stops. <laughs> It's stupidly like, 
like yeah. I said, I've been, I've been able to interview people who've been, you know, a hundred published books, you right. know what I mean? And so it's like, right. no one is ever the same. We are all constantly in flux and in change, but before you get started on a project, like it, you bring up a topic that's been relevant in our writing community, but then also like on the podcast, which is this idea of um, knowing what you want from the work and yes. not, you know, not, it, and it's okay if you fall into the camp, you just want to write for for your own edification, who gives a shit yeah. if it ever gets published? Cool. Right. You want to write because you want it to be published. That's cool too. Like there's not a right or wrong, but how important is it to know the answer before you get started on your specific project? I think, again, I'm going to lead with the fact that I think there, and the stereotype is accurate. I think there is a certain flavor of author, right? That the artist, the, mm-hmm. you know, I don't lead with that foot. I never have. I, um, and so I'm, I 100% say that you, you need to like, you need to answer the why, um, mm-hmm. I I'm hungry. I have purpose. Your time has value and your emotional efforts and input has value. Um, and I think that it is important not only for yourself, but for your future self to, to orient the rationale behind why you're writing, you know, what yeah. is my goal? is and 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 i'm not saying that everybody has to be hungry and hustle and ambition that's not what i'm saying i'm I'm saying that you should identify what is important to you because writing takes energy um again and that's what i'm saying it's like it's not you know we can all love it um and enjoy the artistry but in the end i'm like it's work for me it's not like i sit down i'm just like oh my god i love this i don't it's like homework yeah it's like homework i have everything in my head the exhausting part is putting it down in a way that's to professional standards i have people looking over my shoulder right right? so so i think it's so important to identify like is this just for me you know if it's just for me then how much time am I willing to put into this? What sta- uh, you know, editorial standard I think is important to, to establish for myself. I think having these baselines are important mm-hmm. just so that you can keep yourself in check and, and hold yourself accountable to life. Um, I, I don't want anybody to, to know also to you know, decide halfway down the line that what matters is getting published and it's becoming apparent that this work won't be. Yes. I don't want you to, you know, waste your, again, people wouldn't want to say that, but it's wasting your time and the time of of other individuals, other professionals, when you could be going back to the drawing board and getting better and doing it again. Yeah. So it's, it's funny. You just kind of explained the past, like a handful of years of my life. So um, you've summed them up in perfect, in perfect. (laughs) I, I, so I came from a school, I mean, like, like my training, my background, you know, and, and did like formal writing education, you know, really good school. And a lot of like the, I can't believe we use this word, but the zeitgeist of the school was this idea of creation for the sake of creation, that like whether or not it gets published or not is not a good reason to go create. And it wasn't until I was years into a project that I realized like, as I love to write, I love the process of creation and writing. So, so I don't want to sound like I'm a martyr in saying no, this, but I realized no. like, oh my gosh, like I actually really want this to be published on the world. And this is not publishable to go put out in the world like what the hell was I thinking like this is not a good story to go put out there like it's a cool idea to explore themes and stuff but for me I was like I needed something a little bit more narrative and so you saying that the reason I asked is I was thinking about my own life and just being like my gosh like it's so hard to be prescriptive in the writing life because there's so much 
as variability, you know? I, and so I do, I resent sometimes some of the questions just like, so what is your writing process? And like, <laughs> you know, explain your time, you know, because it's, I, I know it's, you've got to ask those questions as people, you right. know, as interviewers, but I'm just, when I know that people are listening, I, it doesn't matter what I drink when I write. It doesn't right. matter, right, right. You know, what my order is or, or how I research or how, you know, if you're asking just because it's fun to discuss it, oh my God, yeah, my girl, yeah. I want this gab, sure. Right. But like, I don't want anybody who listen to any types of these, of these podcasts to think that there's a way. Right. Some people, it will take them 20 years. Would I have waited 20 years to make this out there? No, I know myself, no. Right. No, right. But for some people that might be right. And so I think before you put any pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, it's about knowing yourself. It's useless if you aren't formed as an individual, you mm-hmm. know, um, or at least in the ways that you know your boundaries and you know what you want. Because mm-hmm. um, writing in and of itself is, of course, a growing process. I've right. grown a hell of a lot yeah, as a preach. Person, right. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Preach. Um, I know. That, mm-hmm, yes. Um, and, so, and so, yeah, I, I just I want people to uh, I, I kind of demand accountability and transparency in because I feel like in these kind of artsy fartsy spaces, we can sometimes be a little bit, you know, holier than thou saying, oh, it's for the art of it. Yeah. After your yeah. second $500,000 advance. Like, yeah. okay, <laughs> like, okay, like, you know, right. it's, we, we profit. And it's a, it is a business, um, but that doesn't mean that our passion gets pushed aside. It means we have to incorporate our passion into, you know, our own mental health and into a business framework and all that stuff. Yeah. I think that's, you're kind of highlighting, at least for me, it's funny too, because I was thinking of the know thyself quote, um, like as you're talking, I'm like, this is somebody who just deeply knows themselves, um, which, which is really, it's, it's a fun kind of thing that just bubbled up. I don't know if fun's the right word, but um interesting I don't know anyways um but but what you're saying it sounds as if it sounds as if and this is I think really important as well as we talk about writing and and just the process of publishing which is there's some like give between the art of what we do Mm -hmm. and the just the world of publishing that brings this more into like the realm of craft yeah Mm -hmm. um where where it's not just about the art if you want to be published or traditionally published or want to have a indie published book that does well even there is a craft there is a middle ground here where some of the art might have to be sacrificed and i found that in my own work as well that like some stupid side quest that i think was interesting has no relevance to the story Mm. is not going to make for a very readable book and therefore if i wanted to that's part of the craft of it is calling it back yes um yes i think i like sorry i i do i appreciate that's better terminology i think than art yeah i think yeah just in the same way carpentry yeah there's artistry but there's also a great deal of technicality to it right right. i appreciate that um i i want to um i want to pivot just a little bit as Mm -hmm. we're talking about your um your knowing yourself and and this know thyself which is gosh as i get older i realize how important those two words are but um as you're thinking as you were thinking about um, Mademoiselle Revolution. Um, <laughs> Sorry, if I get a quick digression, I appreciate yeah. how people say it for the first time because some people I've gotten Mademoiselle Revolution, which is Revolution. very Spanish, and yeah. then some people are like, "Well, I have to say it in French." So it's like Mademoiselle Revolution. Yeah, 
And, and then I'm just, I just say, you know, Memsal Revolution, I speak French, yeah. sure, but it's like yeah. we're speaking in English. And so yeah. I just love how people yeah. at first still kind of look at me and they'll be like, Mademoiselle. Yeah. <laughs> you gave me like an excuse to like don some accent and, no, I and persona it. I don't normally have. I know. Oh, appreciate I appreciate it. Um how how important was it for you as as you were thinking about like I want to have published work out in the world? How important was it for you as you were thinking about the formation of the book to be like, there's something in this that I want to say, and I'm going to wrap it up in fiction for the world to hear. Cause it sounds as if those two things might be really well related. Oh, that's my, I mean, that's my uh, niche. Um, that's kind of, you know, I think, and this isn't just about marketability, but I think it's also a, a coming back to knowing yourself is like, well, what's like, why, like, what's the point? Why, right. what's your stick? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's, it's, I, I am fundamentally of the belief that especially people of color um, or mm-hmm. you know, any minority, there's no obligation to teach anybody, anybody uh, teach someone anything. Um, I don't think that just because I'm black or mixed or Jewish mm-hmm. or queer or bi or whatever, that like I owe people an explanation. Mm-hmm. However, I like it. Um, and, uh, it's better and it's a healthy way to process. I think for me, a way to process identity by, um, articulating it through historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have so many parts of myself and the way that I view history has always been very fundamental to who I am. You know, I have a BS in health sciences, so clearly I didn't, you know, go into mm-hmm. it because I, I found that, you know, academia can be a little bit exclusive, um, and so I, you know, I was like, well, I learned so much, not only in the classroom, but just my own research. And as a woman of color, and I'm just like, people should, I feel like people should know about this because not only is it interesting, but it's like, it's integral to, 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 to being able to inform our future um, mm-hmm. in any meaningful way. So I, I knew pretty quickly, you know, that with every, historical fiction which is almost all I read and all I will ever write you can quote me on that um, <laughs> you know if there are trains I don't want it um mm-hmm. don't like electricity okay. no too too late too late no, oh, li- no literally I go back further any world wars I d- disgust me frankly <laughs> yeah. um even Victorian era what do I I don't want anything with wheels uh yeah. anyway. um you know so as I as I use historical fiction as kind of the the framework the scaffolding for a message it's normally like this historical beat I think a is so relevant and Mm -hmm. b is so fundamentally tied to who we are as a species that I I need to share it um it it has to have contemporary relevance it has to Mm -hmm. resonate um and so I just I knew that that's the language of my books and of my career is this matters now and it mattered then and let me show you why uh and and then boom you've got a book <laughs> hmm. so so it, it, if i'm hearing you what what you're saying is there were themes going on during the french revolution yes that led to certain outcomes and had certain players that you can see mimicked in a way yes. in our current time. Yes. Yes. And there's lessons maybe mm-hmm. back there in history that we need to learn or we should, we should surface. I, I mean, like being like, you should learn that is such a, is such a limiting statement, but like we should surface, right. It's worth, it's worth exploring. It's um, yeah. Yeah. It's so, and so what, what makes fiction the right vehicle for that? Um, well, um, 
I find, and, and I'm going to tailor your question to historical fiction. Sure. Um, yeah, for, for sure. Find that, no, 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 no. But if, for a specific reason, I find that people are much more willing to learn because that's what, you know, I want them to do. I, I you know, I, I think there's an element of condescension, you know, to be mm-hmm. like, I'm going to teach you this, but it's like, <laughs> I'm like, I want you to, I want you to learn it. I want you to feel it. And I want you to resonate, um, you know, in your heart and your soul and in your mind, I want it to carry with you. And that's what I'm getting when I, you know, people tell me they're like, I didn't, I didn't think about that. You know, this reminds me of X, Y, Z, which is all you want to hear. I want people to make mm-hmm. connections. Um, but, um, you know, I find that people are much more malleable when they believe that there is distance. Right. And so at least, you know, through my eyes growing up, the way that we present historical traumas and, and historical media and, and, and period pieces and all that, there's always a bit of difference or a distance and uh, it's kind of fetishized, like the, the way they pour tea. And I'm, I'm specifically discussing in a Western construct, by the way. Yeah, sure. I'm talking. That's because uh, that's the space I grew up in and the space right. I write about. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's about the way that they bow, the way that they curtsy, the, the titles and, and the way that people, uh, etiquette, propriety, and, and those types of things, because it's so fascinating and it feels alien and foreign and oh, look at it. Like, like people are in a zoo. Um, and I do not view history in that way. I, as much as that material is fun and I am informed about it, I have to, I make everything, make everything accurate. And what I normally say, because it's true, is do you think critically about your boxers? Like, <laughs> are you like a self-aware right now about the uh, the the boxers bunched in my pocket? Like, you I know, mean, I am now, but uh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but like, and I, I would have said, you know, have you know, were you a woman or presenting as such? Like, I would say, like, are you think critically thinking about your bra? Yeah. You know, it, it it's like we obsess over people's underwear, and I'm like, you don't critically think about your underwear. Right. Like, do you critically think about handshake? Like, why would you critically think about bowing? It's Mm -hmm. neat. You you do it. You bow. You go over to I I spent time in Seoul. You you bow. You just do it. I'm not thinking about critically. It's just a cultural norm. And so when it's appropriate or it has significance and meaning and it moves the story, yeah, I'll I'll comment on these historical bits. But I find that when we use historical fiction, people are already are like, oh, it's like, look, it happened in the past. And, and I'm able to inform and discuss things that actually have relevance now. I mean, my entire book is a discussion on anti-racism. That word didn't exist until I think the 40s. Or right. Well, it didn't come into current lexicon until the 90s, but like it, it, it's older. But like my point is that these concepts, just because the vocabulary didn't exist, doesn't mean that it wasn't real and that people didn't mm. talk about it critically. And so when I, I can use historical fiction as kind of, you know, it's like putting the the, the dog pill in the peanut butter. Um, and then they're like, oh, I feel better, you know, or mm. oh, I understand this now. So that's why I, I use historical fiction. It's because I, I think that people already kind of romanticize it and, and, and embrace it as like, oh, this is so interesting. Interesting. So a lot of the you know yeah. criticisms I get in like reviews, because like I personally don't care about but like I can read them, it doesn't bother me. I get a lot, I see a lot, you know, where there's a lower score. It's just like, like well, this wasn't what I expected. This was very violent. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a lot, you know, or this was this was too gruesome for me. And it just I think goes to show how little people understand it's the French Revolution. You you can't <laughs> have a discussion right. of Haitian and French revolutions without mass murder and right. assault. And anarchy and right. pain 
and trauma right. and terror. And so I, it just, I don't know, it just, I think reaffirms my own belief that like historical fiction is sometimes a bitter pill that we can make a little more palatable. Mm. Very long answer to the question. No, it was good though. I mean, do you think, do you think at it to a certain degree, when we think about historical fiction, part of what allures us is this idea that those people were different than we are now? Yep, exactly. That it, there is a distance that they yeah. are we're different than we were They're not real people the way we're not real people. We, yeah. we have been biologically and neurologically more or less the same for about 300 or so thousand right. years. That is a very weird, frankly, to me, terrifying co- that we, you and I could sit together in some community 300,000 years ago with the same, we could do calculus in theory, right. but that was our life. That would right. have been our life. That's terrifying. And so that's why- yeah try when I write to be like, these are people in the same way you would be traumatized yeah. if you saw na- people stripped of their clothing, piled up next to the sun. Yeah. These people are terrified. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's interesting. Cause you know, we think about, um, you know, you, you hear a lot of stats like mortality rates a couple of hundred years ago were drastically higher than they were now. Mm-hmm. Uh, people had lower life expectancy um, not mortality rates, mortality rates are always hundred percent, but, um, infant mortality rates were drastically higher than they are now. Um, you know, people have lower life expectancy. Right. There's all these like bad stats. And so I think sometimes we think back to like, well, then it must not have felt the same way. Like we must have some different awareness of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that does rob us of some of the historical, I, I'm a huge history fan. So like, I'm with you. I'm like, I'm like hundred percent with you on all this stuff that, but maybe it robs us from some of those really important historical lessons that do parallel our current time, right? The French revolution, there's a lot of things that you could look and be like, wow, I see parallels. Like, like that is not a time that mm-hmm. is that distant and you can go back cycles, right? You can just keep going back, going back in history and seeing the same patterns repeating over and over. Um, which leads, I think to, um, you know, the points kind of ladders up to the points that you're making for sure. hundred percent. I mean, I yeah. was watching the national guard drive by my door during BLM, when people were protesting, you know, the degradation of of black bodies. And how could I not make the same discussion when Sylvie just comes from a a complete upheaval of white supremacy in in Haiti that would last 10 years. Yeah. Um, And then she goes to France, where people are doing the same thing. They're raping and murdering and dismembering and destroying and killing property. I mean, everything using the same language of like freedom and enslavement. Wouldn't that make you a little uncomfortable? (laughs) Wouldn't wouldn't you see a little dissonance there? And and that discomfort was where I I tried to put the book. It's like, that's gray. That's messy. That's like, yeah, like, yay, like abolitionism, yay, like democracy, but like freedom. I don't think that word means what you think it means. And and then, you know, and in the end, my question is in like the book club kit, it's like, you know, was the French Revolution a success? Um, The only thing that stuck around from all the gender parity and the the better divorce laws and the abolition of slavery throughout the French Empire, all these wonderful things. The only thing that stuck around the metric system, (laughs) which is great. We actually the metric system hugely significant. But that is what we have. 
that is what after all of that and i mean there's of course there's a discussion i mean the bolshevik revolution and the language okay. revolution, of course the proletariat blah 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 yeah sure we can have that discussion but i mean t- practically metric system and it just doesn't it characterize that suffering and that terror in a different way so i don't know i just thought it was important to 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 help people see the connections between the haitian revolution and the french revolution in the United States and the way that we see freedom and the way that we see that the way we see humanity and, mm-hmm. and justice and what is justice? Um, because, you know, if you're talking about BLM, there's a lot of people who would make that argument. It's like, no, they're, they're rioting, they're destroying property, which isn't necessarily true. Or if true, you know, it's an outlier. Um, and it was for, you know, it was over the death, um, a black man, uh, mm-hmm. has a one in 1,000 uh, chance of, of being killed by police. One in 1,000 Black men, that's how they die, is being shot by a cop. Um, that's pretty egregious. Um, you know, and I, I just feel that that discussion about being able to appreciate our right to protest mm. thing, gross injustices while still being aware of hypocrisy hypocrisy so she's watching these white people slaughter indiscriminately Mm -hmm. you know being fed this diet of egoism and narcissism and megalomania from very a very small group of extremely well-educated white men and and this entire population using that as justification for just terror and all the while you do have this beautiful language of enlightenment and freedom and republicanism, yeah. the lower R. And it, it's just, it's painful. Uh, and I wanted, I wanted a heroine who I felt that could, who was problematic, but who could appreciate that pain of being like, I love what you're saying, but, and now there we go. Mm. Well, folks, if that's not a good enough pitch for you to go buy this book, I'm not sure what's going to do the trick. It's just, I have like 1,500 questions that I'm sure I'm going I've gotten to the point of the interview that sometimes happened where I, I have so much going on in my brain and I'm listening, but I, there's also just so much like that I'm processing right, and I'm right. like, I'm like, how do I even pick one direction? <laughs> and then I look at the time and I'm like, oh no, I'm out of time. Uh, sorry. I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, like truly, I, I think these, I mean, like just, just to kind of echo what you're saying, I think that there's these lessons from history about people in our journey as people and about you know, so much of history is the history of power and examining the history of power leads you to understanding maybe just a little bit better about the world we live in today and the direction and the potential that our world has to go. Mm-hmm. And Yes. I think that's one of the values of history is it's actually in looking back, you can look forward. It's, it's actually quite, pre- it's actually quite predictable, which mm-hmm. is, which is a mind bend in and of itself. That's a whole other podcast episode Yes, uh, in and of itself. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just so appreciate what you're saying. And it's, it's given me um, so much to reflect on, okay. but that said, uh, this is the point of the show where um I have to transition. So, so I ask the same questions to every single guest on the show. And I do this for two reasons. First one is I like the answers and it's my show. So I could do whatever I want. Second reason is um, so much of this show that the whole point, and you you so 
um, wonderfully said it when we started without even knowing that this was my spiel at the end is the whole point of this show is that there's not one way to create. There's not one way to write. And as, as I get these answers, one thing that's always apparent is they're never the same. People right. give me different answers. Every writer I've had on the show, every single one's different. And you as a writer, listener out there, it's not important to do things the way any other writer does it. What's important is to be obsessed with your process to create. That will open up every door. That's, this, that's the same message week after week we give. Learn to put words on the page everything else opens up after that point. Nothing happens before that. So with that said, here's question number one. I'm really excited for this, for this answer for me. Okay. Um, as, as you see it, what is your role in this world as a storyteller? Uh, restore. Well, I, and I use the word cause I think it works well. Um, it, uh, restorative, um, hmm. That's kind of how I position myself um, in kind of on that, that sh the shelves that we, as we walk past and you see all of these different books and you see all of these different messages and themes is I would say that the one that will tie all of my books together is that it is restorative and that I write in order to fill gaps um, in our understanding and in our representation. Um, because unfortunately for a variety of reasons, um, we have been presented an image of the past that is incomplete and very mm -hmm. whitewashed and mm -hmm. not just in terms of race, but in, in so many different ways. And right. as we said, and beat, you know, as I beat the dead horse, we have been the same um, as we discuss gender and sexuality and uh, classism and all of these, these isms of the world, we have been grappling with them for thousands of years. Um, and so I think it's so important uh, to restore that diversity and that truth to the past. And so that's kind of how I feel my role is, mm. um, you know, along all of these other beautiful examples of literature uh, is to just help bridge the gaps, help people feel seen uh, that uh, the people that are with us and the people that, um, that we've left behind. Mm. That's, that's really beautiful. Um, okay. What uh, next question for you? Uh, what is the one word that best describes you? It's a terrible question. <laughs> um, um, okay. Uh, me? Um, one word. Uh, you know, when you ask these types of questions, it's like, I don't even speak English, sir. I can't read. Mm. Um, uh, maybe... Um, Uh, um, uh, v v uh, I'm, I'm looking for a word that, that uh, probably like something like precipice or, or something that kind of implies um, a bridge, a bridging separations, probably mm. something precipice or, or, or or um, outline or, or like those types of concepts. That's, it's more an imagery that comes to my mind as opposed to a word, mm -hmm. um, but, but probably there, just in that, you know, I, 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 feel, um, I feel significant uh, pull 
between different identities and different goals and and um, elements of, of my personality about who I am and what I want to mm-hmm. be and who I want to be um, and what I want to represent. So mm-hmm. it, I often feel that I'm kind of balancing on um, on a precipice on a you know where I you know. And it, yeah, part of it is the fact that, you know, I'm a, I'm a bi black Jewish woman. Like that's a bit chaotic <laughs> in terms of identity. It's as chaotic as it sounds. And, yeah. uh, and I, you know, I, I do hospital policy and like quality improvement. Like, right. you know, it was with a focus on maternal child health. So like, that's right. another huge part of who I am. And then I also write. So it's, it's, I feel very much, um, stretched, mm-hmm. um, and not in a bad way. I, I honestly, it's this is probably the most fulfilling iteration of my life that I could mm. I could live mm. uh, because I get to be both artistic and a, and a craftsman, craftswoman, craftsperson, um, craftsperson, yeah, craftsperson, <laughs> and uh, and uh, and uh, you know, as someone who can help inform healthcare. Yeah. So it's like yeah. that's a different discussion. But like, so yeah, I, something like that. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Okay, so next question for you. Okay. If you had to pick a spirit book, okay, so this is like a book that if you died and you Cersei. were able and you were yeah. able to be reincarnated as a book. Cersei. 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 Just like that. Madeline Cersei. Miller had her on the show. Yeah. She has a female rage. Yeah. I, I love female rage. <laughs> a lot of it. Uh and I I I love it. I love exploring yeah. it. I love I love the way that she writes people that are so just so much rage angry isn't the right word mm-hmm. and 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 you know especially living in the country that I live in and the person that I am with the education that I have it's hard not to feel and you know at a low boiling point rage all the time all mm-hmm. the time and so uh I found that book you know the the scene have you read it it's okay if you have not no yeah she I've, I've read um both of her her books. Like I say, she was she was a guest on the show, even so. I've got Perfect. to talk to her and interview her. Yeah. She's no, she's amazing. Yeah, and yeah. but that scene where she's raped, and in that rage, you feel her turn this man into a pig, mm-hmm. and the scenes of walking through these squealing animals that of these men that have wronged her, um, all about it. It just hit. It just resonated. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just resonated. Just fucking. Or sorry. I don't know if you're allowed to curse on the show. Say whatever you want. Yeah. Okay. It's just fucking like you feel um, a great deal of right. You know, and it's not. It doesn't even have to be. You know, about sexual assault. I mean, it can be, but it's like just when when you are hurt or demoralized or dehumanized. Hmm. You know, when someone tries to make you and almost succeeds in making you feel like less than human then I will make you less than human. Mm. And, and that's what she did mm-hmm. because that, that fundamental violation of the self that I will remove yourself. Mm. And so that's what she did. And it's just mm. like, mm, all about it. Mm. That it, yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, such a apt description of, of the book and that scene, it's making me like think all about it again. And it right. was, mm. I mean, that was, I mean, I, whatever year I read that in, I think it was like 
the best book of that year by a long shot. Oh it was just God. amazing, amazing read. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Anyways, next question. Is there a specific tool? It can be anything at all, software, pencil, chair, coffee, tea, anything that you absolutely must have to write? And I need, it doesn't, it's not always historically accurate, but it's normally pretty close. I like, I enjoy my Spotify playlists mm. that are like instrumental because I'm yeah. very cinematic, like okay. in the way that I, I write. Um, in the way that I think I, I do improv, like that's how I write a lot of my scenes is like, I'll just do improv in my room uh, to, to do the scene. And so it's like when I have the quote unquote soundtrack, mm. uh, I find that very emotive and very helpful. Um, lyrics, I find it can be a little distracting for me, um, you know, but that's different. That's if I'm like making up a, you know, the, the, the instrumental uh, music playing. Okay. That's great. Awesome. Okay. Uh, next question. How do you deal with the constant ups and downs of the writing life? Um, um, I, uh, I will pet my cats sometimes, mm-hmm. find that helpful, little endorphin rush, little oxytocin. Yep. Um, I, <laughs> I take my prescribed medications, mental <laughs> health transparency. Um, I talk a lot to my, to my friends and family. Uh, that's yeah. probably the most important thing is I, uh, just the way that my mind works. Cause I'm, I'm actually, I'm quite healthy because I, I do all these things. But, um, if I, uh, I have to kind of immediately give the burden away once I have it, you know, if there's something that's brewing, if I talk about it, then it, it, yeah. it and if I don't, it'll ruminate, it'll sit. Yeah. Yeah. So talking, I find can is is generally just talk it out, and yeah. then they're just like dear dear, and then I, I feel good. And then it's done. Um, okay, last question for you. Okay. If you could give one piece of advice to new writers out there, what would it be? Uh, find your niche. Find out. I, I know. I guess to tie it all together is to identify who you are and what you want to say. It doesn't mm. have to be teachy or preachy it doesn't have to be a soapbox it doesn't have to be a formal lesson but you have to say something Mm. when you're writing like there needs to be a point Um, because if there's no point that's just vibes and uh and as 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 great as vibes are this isn't you know 1970s french cinema you know we we've gotta we've gotta have a message we've gotta be saying something Um, and i think if you know who you are and what you want to say um, your book will be better. Hmm. It, if I had another hour, I could unpack how relevant that point is on past podcasts and <laughs> discussions that we have in our community, just kind of all across the place. Um, okay. Uh, where can people find you online? Like are you on Twitter, Instagram? Where do you Instagram, hang out? Instagram. Instagram. Twitter, Twitter is an option. Eh. Yeah. Instagram. Instagram. Okay. So, uh, Zoe, I think, yeah, I'm just Zoe Seaback author on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, Zoe, thank you so much. I, I so appreciate being able to just kind of dive into you and your process and the, the topic and the discussions are so relevant and important. And at least for me, uh, wildly, wildly, wildly interesting. I mean, I love talking about and chopping up the same exact type of stuff. And so um, I so appreciate your transparency and just vulnerability and um, and the discussion overall. Thank you so, so much. Oh, being, it was on, happened, being on the show it was great oh, how else am I going to spend my afternoons I know <laughs> what else I have to do but talk to bro yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much thank you thank you again to Zoe for her time if you haven't yet come check us out on happywriter happywriter.co we have everything you need to 
be a happy, working, producing writer. And that's kind of what all of us want, isn't it? Also, if you haven't yet, leave us a rating and review for the show. I would really appreciate it. Lastly, check us out on Twitter and Instagram, starting to tweet and post quite a bit more. Lastly, just want to say a very special thank you for listening. Thank you so much for your support of the show, for showing up every week, listening to the episodes. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful week writing.